welcome back to Tudor Talk Time. And we acknowledge there has been a bit of a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We... Our once a week schedule just definitely dropped. I mean, we had exams, so... So, and yeah. we had the holidays as well. But Merry Christmas. Happy New Happy Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever um, you celebrate. We we are quick approaching the one year anniversary of oh Tudor Talk Time. Oh my god, we should time. do a history episode on the history of Tudor Talk Time. The hi- we might have oh to my do god, the history, history of Tudor Talk, talk Time. time. <laughs> um, it's a very short history. So we decided this week we wanted to talk about a very special woman. May the 1st. And specifically... The bloodying of Mary the First. Oh, she's practiced that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's practiced like, that one. every night. I think we should kind of start with like a little background. Obviously, we don't have time to go into everything she did. I feel like her childhood definitely reflects in her and her religious policy. So Mary was born in 1516 to Catherine of Aragon and Henry the Eighth. Little bit of context: Catherine of Aragon. I mean, obviously, done a whole episode on her. Very, very strictly Catholic, God-fearing woman. Henry VIII at the time, also very Catholic, God-fearing man. And so we, I mean, we could definitely do more than a whole episode on Henry VIII's um, religious policy and what we think he believed and what he probably believed in. But at the end of the day, Henry, whatever his views may have seemed to be for his own political gain, personal reasons he kind of has a catholic base so she's born to two very catholic parents um who are around most of her life and she sees like the reformed religion and protestantism basically comes in the country through the process of getting rid of her mother as queen it's kind of how it really takes root in england i think it would be fair to argue so i think those kind of show the reasons why she's like big love Catholicism and like does not like Protestantism or any kind of heresy, anything that strays from Catholicism really. Um, I think that's just kind of important background to get in there just to have a little bit of perspective on what she chooses. Um, So when she came to the throne she was really adored, I mean all but two constituencies or boroughs accepted her. Shout out um, Kings Lynn and uh, Berwick. Kings Lynn and Berwick you were ahead of the curve so no, they were it behind begs, sorry you were behind begs the question how do we have this woman go from being so well respected and well <laughs> recepted um to becoming really a caricature of a tyrant <laughs> or not even a caricature of a tyrant just <laughs> a picture of a tyrant really. it's even said that people were rejoicing in the streets when mary was paraded through town um there was quite a big feeling that edward's reforms had gone too far only 20 percent of london was actually uh protestant at the time that mary came to there's no laughing matter i know sorry. there's no laughing matter sorry sorry <laughs> you're so true for that because that's not that's not a sentence you're so right you're so right Laura's anyway. never said that sentence before in her life. <laughs> You're so true for that because Protestantism under Edward wasn't that well received. Um, which obviously, you've got to remember, people's religious beliefs are having to be changed really quickly. And then you had people who wanted Protestantism to go further. So a lot like Bishop Hooper whinged that the pace of reform was too slow because people were uncooperative. Mm-hmm. Then you also have the fact that many 
people were very happy to readopt Catholicism when Mary came to the throne. I mean, lots of people have been secretly practicing. Yeah, absolutely they have. And during Edward's reign, there was a drop in donations and wills to the church. So that could show that people weren't feeling connected with the church in the same way, that they were preferring kind of private underground Catholic worship. Or it could demonstrate that they they were following the new kind of Protestant thinking that they don't need to pay in order to get into heaven. But I think either way, it really just shows the immense connection that people had to religion. Their entire lives really were based around religion because your earthly presence was merely a means for sort of getting into heaven. Well, Protestants believed in predetermination, didn't they? But if you're a Catholic, you needed you needed to do good. Yeah. Um. So when Mary first comes to the throne, um, it's quite hard for her. I mean, we see with you know when religion changes from monarch to monarch, we see this quite a few times. But it's quite hard for her to pass any actual legislation because under Edward, um, he had filled the House of Lords with lots of Protestant or Protestant leading bishops, such as. Um, Hooper and Ridley and this definitely slowed down her reform that definitely kind of slows down how quickly she can do it which maybe is why when she's finally able to do it she comes in with such intent but nonetheless there are still laws passed before then yeah in 1553 the first act of repeal which basically removes anything any legislation regarding religion that Edward passed and takes the country basically back to legislatively Henry VIII's reign. She pretty much, in terms of religious legislation, she pretty much erases her younger brother's uh, reign. Yeah. Uh, with her first act. So, yeah. I feel like we should get on to the, the moment we've all been waiting for. Reasoning behind the burnings tend to differ quite a lot between which historian you're talking to and which sources you're looking at. But the truth of the matter is that Mary burnt at the stake either between the late 200s or over 300 people uh, between 1555 and 58. And this is, this is a big deal. That is a lot of people to burn in three years. And she didn't hold back, so she burnt 52 women, mm-hmm. which that was shocking, like feminism and all. But that was shocking to burn women. But, like, low-key equality from her. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The reason why you burn somebody is not just because it, you know, kills them and cleanses their soul and whatever, but also because it completely destroys their body. So it leaves no remains, no bones, no... I was going to say teeth, but teeth are bones. No nothing that people can then... Yes, but also then nobody can go and take a bone and say, this is a relic, this was a martyr, this person was a oh, saint, they stop. died for our religion. And it stops these people kind of becoming immortalised and becoming, you know, mm. saints, which she did not want. However, you know, on the other hand, she wasn't so lucky because shout out to Fox's Book of Martyrs, which basically did that mm. through pictures. <laughs> um, very, very clever propaganda. Fox's Book of Martyrs is pretty famous but in the 1563 book um which was the first one published john fox's depictions 57 there were 57 in total and 30 of them were from mary's reign and about martyrs from mary's reign so i think that just shows the absolute intensity of which this was going against mary i think the big thing is that it was um 
the big thing about like why it had so much influence is that it was images and at the time the majority of the country was illiterate so the use of images definitely um I've completely widened accessibility elevated the accessibility of this book and made it especially with also the you know the printing presses becoming a bigger deal and stuff like that so it definitely had a larger impact using photos rather than not photos my god using images rather than words yeah because no that's so true the book itself was really really popular um it was second only to the bible in the 16th and 17th centuries in england and just during his lifetime fox's lifetime four editions were published he was a busy man Mm. yeah he must have made a lot of cash off this i read something and don't take my word on this but i read something slightly that he was connected with john knox in um oh in scotland in scotland and he was a heavy protestant and didn't like mary being on the throne because she was a catholic woman i mean he probably had very protest he probably he was protestant i'm pretty sure but the thing to remember like fox's book of martyrs is often used as kind of like evidence as to how terrible the reign of mary was um like for religion uh, or as phoebe i'd say the bloodying of mary Mm -hmm. um the thing is that its first publication was in 1563 long after (laughs) she was gone you know it and it was pretty much anti-mary propaganda to really strengthen elizabeth's reign and the and the reinstitution of more protestant belief so it can't like we you have to take it with a pinch of salt and i really think the extent of that can be seen by the fact that the second edition was it was made mandatory to have a copy of the second edition in every church in england um just to be like be protestant because this is what happens if you're a catholic this is the faith that you could be forced into and personally i think the reason why the fear of mary and why bloody mary has become such such just has become the way that we remember mary the first is because she didn't just burn people with influence she burned what they like to refer to as the little people of england just your regular common folk who despite maybe being a protestant to themselves they had no impact on her they were not a threat to her they were not influencing anybody else they literally were just protestants and where you know elizabeth and henry the eighth when they would and, and edward as well when they would uh condemn people for heresy it would normally be people that they statistically not strategically you know needed out of the someone and uh, like someone whose religious views threatened them politically i yeah. think is kind of what we're going for like there. for example one reason that people think oh she isn't actually bloody mary because edward and edward killed loads of people he uh you know the western the western prayer book rebellion in 1549 when they were crushing that it actually led to the deaths of about five and a half thousand catholics and so people go he was just as bad but not to say that i condemn murder but they were rebelling and you gotta you gotta crush it whereas mary was just picking people and burning them obviously protestants but you know but actually during mary's first year of her reign she didn't go like straight into this harsh policy so in the first year many protestants were allowed to flee and also quietly worship underground but she became harsher with more persistent opposition 
and then you get stuff like arrest, imprisonment, and obviously then the burnings. But as um, as Phoebe was saying, it is like because we concentrate so much on the burnings with Mary's policy, with Mary's religious policy, it kind of almost blows it a bit out of proportion in some people's opinions. Because at the same time, Henry VIII would have just killed a lot of people, but not burning for heresy, like executing for treason. It was actually quite a good plan, and because she died so early, we can't see how it played out. But it did fulfil the objective that she was trying to get, and she was trying to get like religious uniformity. And that would have been a sensible thing for her when she's seen how much religion can cause like tumultuous circumstances, as seen by the Pilgrimage of Grace in 1536. <laughs> But yeah, it was a sensible policy and just we didn't get to see it play out. But I think, in my opinion, she would have calmed it down a bit. Also, we have to remember, she's the first female ruler. And so she really has to assert herself. And I think a part of it was her going out strong so that she could show that she still has the authority of a man. Because a lot of people wouldn't have she believed she could rule in the same way. And so she had to like start strong, but I think it would have dropped off a bit. She just died too early. Not be called weak. Um, you know, I do think we put our feminist foot forward here on this podcast and so the natural thing for us to do would go mary isn't bloody at all and whilst i don't particularly agree with that i do think that the opinions on mary tend to be very hot or cold but in both situations they're extremely misogynistic either she was brutal and she was a battle axe and she was too fierce and she was ruthless and she was all these things or she is weak, she is submissive, she is frail, she is a, dis- a disgrace, she can't have children, she was manipulated by Cardinal Pole, by her husband, and it feels like either way, whether you're putting the blame on Mary for these burnings or whether you're not, your reasoning and rationale behind that is always rooted in some sort of misogyny and with some sort of negative stereotype for women, that either women in positions of authority are just domineering yeah but in a negative way and that she thinks without without thought and just thinks based on emotions Mm -hmm. and that's why the burnings happened or it's that she was just too weak and that she was unable to resist the wills of her extremely catholic husband or cardinal Paul. and that's completely untrue as well because the burnings were mary's policy like the privy council and all her counsellors, they didn't like it. Cardinal Pole didn't like the burnings. They thought she'd gone too far. But she still went for it. She still asserted herself over it. So there's no way you can say that Mary didn't have, like, a strong role in religion because she was a woman or anything. She clearly did. And John Fox said in his Book of Martha's that she was the bloody mothering of God's saints as in this time of Queen Mary were put to death. As in saints themselves were killed by Mary. Just some um, real negative yeah. stuff. <laughs> Not a positive, glowing review. At the same time, we can also argue that she wasn't that bloody because the burnings weren't actually that bad. So, as we said, all monarchs like execute people. It just depends, treason or heresy. And it was really only dangerous if you were really a committed Catholic. Like, there were no burnings in Durham or Lancashire. So, people in Durham or Lancashire may have not even known this was going on. Of the gentry, she only burned eight people, and she only burned a select section of the clergy. So there are groups that are relatively unaffected, and so maybe it is blown out of proportion by things like Fox's Book of Martyrs, 
and by like media today wanting to call her Bloody Mary and stuff like that. I know, like wanting a villain. Yeah, yeah. More so the Tudor plot line. Everyone loves a grumpy we love woman. The characterization we do. Um, but I feel like both characterizations of her aren't particularly fair. No. Um, also, Elizabeth fully ordered the deaths of eight hundred Catholics after the rebellion of the Northern Earls. So it is. We just do have to put it in perspective a little bit. Like, it is extreme. It is an extreme policy. But is it completely out of order for the time? Not particularly. Yeah, like, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, you also have to remember how much of an issue religion was at the time of Mary's reign. I mean, we have the French Wars of Religion. Mm. Um, there's, um, you know, reformers sweeping through Europe to the point where the Counter-Reformation is beginning. Um, they're trying to reinstate Catholicism because Catholicism is quite frankly struggling um, and so and she's aligned herself specifically with very Catholic Spain I'm not saying that, that was like a bad decision like you know I mean besides the fact that she was related to him it's great for her but it's clear that her kind of that her mission statement I guess was Catholic and this is what she believed in and it was, she's ruling at a time where it's, where like religious stability, especially from Catholicism, is very fragile. You have to remember the work that her father did to undermine the religion, because she's reinstated the Pope. Like, Henry VIII did a lot to undermine the authority of the Pope and stuff like that. So she's, she's got a lot to fight for. And at the same time, it's also suggested that she turned a blind eye to a lot of people going into exile, more so than she burned girl was forgiving and i do think we should also bear in mind not that it's particularly an excuse but we do have to sometimes take a step back from our modern standpoint that mary might not have maliciously been thinking she wants to put all these people to death but more she has to think as the whole that she has a country to take care of and these people are yeah, it's a genuine belief that she's doing something good. And yeah. it's a genuine belief that she is saving their souls exactly. by burning them because the burning, like, cleanses was, I don't know, there was some kind of belief of, like, it cleansing your soul or whatever, right? I mean, obviously, it's not nice to be burned alive. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, she genuinely, like, she is such a devout Catholic that she, gen- and as monarch, we, you know, if she would have had the divine right of kings, you know, well, and queens in her case, uh, like Jolinta, she believes that she is God's representative on earth and that she has been entrusted, especially as she didn't have, she bet she didn't really have to fight for her throne. I mean, it was endangered, in, whoa, <laughs> endangered by Lady Jane Grey, but the country wanted her, so that would further support any belief that she had that God had chosen her to rule England and therefore to bring it back to Catholicism, to save the souls of the English people. But still, the burnings were huge. They were unprecedented in English experience. And Mary's death in 1558, people would argue, some people may argue that the only thing it did was alienate a lot of the country and divide people further over religion. Um, there was a lot, as Phoebe said, how she burnt normal people. Um, there was a belief from Mary and from the Privy Council that the poor and the uneducated had been like the victims of evil teachings during Edward's reign, and therefore they needed like it wasn't their fault, but they deserved punishment as well because they'd been corrupted by Edward's reign. 
was she bloody what's your opinion well, lara can i have a second to think okay i'll go i think mary's burnings were definitely excessive they weren't nice however do i think that like i think that there is definitely a black legend around it i'm not supporting her burnings but i don't want to fully condemn them either i think definitely the view of mary it can very easily be argued if she had been a man that the view would not be nearly as bloody she would have been seen as a strong leader with a strong point of view and mindset um definitely at the time she would have as well i think elizabeth allowed a lot of um and maybe even encouraged a lot of um sullying sullying and like dirtying of mary's name and her reign and the things that she achieved because um because a lot of them went against elizabeth's own point of view and also elizabeth had been locked up by mary at a certain point so she held a bit of a grudge i think it's fair to say i think for the time mary's religious policy was not that bloody it was not that bad i definitely think it could have been worse which i know is not a kind of point to base it off but i think the history has created this black legend around her that i don't think she necessarily has earned especially when you compare it to things that were going on at a similar time such as the spanish inquisition as well my conclusion is that i think people of the time saw it as a lot more dangerous than it was because of like the influence of the spanish inquisition and it's that fear that because she was associated with catholic spain that she would become that but i think i don't think she would have become that i think it's so difficult because she died early to tell what she what her real intentions were with it but i really do think it's so hard she was literally the first woman to rule a country and i don't think we ever really talk about it with mary but there must have been so many people who just thought a woman wasn't built to rule a country oh for sure and that it was wrong and that it was like against god and she so had to prove herself and she would be in a council full of men and she would have to assert herself and at least give some of her own policies to show that she's still a rightful ruler in the way that her father and brothers were um so i think it's so difficult and maybe that may that meant she went a bit extreme but i think she would have toned it down once she had the respect that men get just from like existing Mm. and yeah. I, yeah, I, mean, so I, I didn't think it was that bad I think it was a tactical move and I think it worked in the way that she wanted it to I mean if you look at Elizabeth's reign once she's asserted her she has more time so once she's also asserted her authority respected a similar amount as a man you know I think you can see that she kind of lets people influence her a bit more but that's a whole other thing my final view is that for the time if I were to put myself in the shoes of a little Marian present, peasant, rather, I would say it is more bloody than not, purely because of the people who she was burning. I think that the motivations behind uh, condemning high-profile figures like Kramner and Latimer, um, there is there is benefits to that and i can fully see that but i can also appreciate the fear whether it was valid or invalid the fear that would have arisen from your ordinary everyday person being burned at the stake i mean weren't students were were prohibited from going and watching the burnings which i think does show just that they were having an impact however i do also think that her image as bloody mary has repeatedly served future monarchs 
again and again and again like not even just with elizabeth but again we have you know when we have the glorious revolution Mm -hmm. mary is used as a reasoning behind that again and again and again she is used as a tool i mean even in um 1639 uh an author called john taylor said that mary was intimidating imitating jezebel so that's not nice no not very no bueno so i think it's difficult as laura said it is difficult because her situation was extremely difficult to navigate she had to assert herself she wasn't producing an heir the pressure was fully on her she did have pressure coming in from all sides even if they don't then change their mind doesn't doesn't change the fact that she had was surrounded by catholic influences who would have been placing that encouragement on her to do something more drastic and i do think however that if she had lived for longer the burnings would not have continued it would not have become the spanish inquisition inquisition because of the backlash she was facing and i i believe she was astute enough to acknowledge that and know that it was not having perhaps the benefits she wanted it to i know and also she was at odds with the pope a lot which definitely would have yeah, wouldn't have helped <laughs> wouldn't have helped her staunch catholicism but but there we yeah, go the bloodying of mary a little a quick insight into her religious policy let us know I guess. what you think is she bloody or or not is she maybe is she just mary? a victim of of marketing <laughs> <laughs> is she or is she just a PR tool? Or is she just a PR tool? Um, let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next week on Tudor Talk Time.